1: Greetings and welcome to The Voice of the Shepherd with Archbishop Alexander Sample. I'm Dina Marie Hale. And today as we are into the middle of summer, I thought it'd be a great opportunity to have a Shepherd's Summertime Report and just get a little sense, Archbishop, of what you've been doing over the last few weeks. Mm -hmm. I know the month of June was very busy. (laughs) You're off in many different directions. So as we get started to reflect and really see where the Holy Spirit is working, would you begin with prayer?
2: Yes. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, as we enter into these beautiful months of the, of the summer season. We ask you to help all of us to quiet ourselves and to take time for rest and recreation, uh, but always uh, keeping you before our, our eyes and our hearts. And may we use our summertime actually to draw closer to you, even as we are able to slow down and enjoy the good things that you place in our lives. We ask you to be with us during this radio program and be with all of our listeners. Open their ears and their hearts to what you wish them to hear. All this we ask through your Son, Jesus Christ, who is Lord forever and ever. Amen. Mary conceived without sin, pray for us who have recourse to Thee. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.
1: Amen. Well, I like that prayer about rest, and doesn't Jesus say, come and rest a while, as the apostles were really busy, really working, and maybe the first time they were really working the mission of the Lord. And the bishops took a little rest for a while. I think sometimes, Archbishop, we don't realize that our bishops need to have time for rest <laughs> and recreation, as we do during vacation. Yes. But you did have a June assembly, and this is typically a time every couple of years where the bishops come together and, and right. don't do business, but you have more of time yes. of prayer together.
2: Business is actually forbidden uh, <laughs> uh, during, <laughs> during our June assembly. Yeah, the, the bishops meet, you know, and this might just be some curiosity for some of our listeners. The bishops meet uh, twice a year. As a body, all of the bishops of the United States or as many uh, as are able to come, uh, we meet twice a year. Our November meeting is always in Baltimore, uh, and we've often talked about the business that we conduct at, at our Baltimore meeting, our November meeting. That's that's every year. That's a big business meeting. It's it's our main business meeting, really, of the year. And uh, again, it's, it's, it's every year in Baltimore uh, in November. Then we also always have a June meeting. And the June meeting moves around, actually. It moves around to different cities throughout the United States. And uh, it's, it's generally a shortened business meeting. So it's, it's, uh, we still do business at, at, at the June meetings, except, as I'll explain in a minute, every three years it becomes something else. So for two years we have a, a, a smaller, shorter business meeting where we continue to conduct the, the business of the Conference of Bishops. But every third year, the June, quote-unquote, business meeting, becomes what we call the spring assembly, uh, the June assembly, and so every three years this June meeting of the bishops takes on more the character of a retreat. So there, are, there are sadly still uh, committee meetings that happen before on the weekend. Before we begin, we begin on a Monday uh, evening, and so during the weekend there'll be some committee meetings of the conference. But once Monday comes, no business. It's all a retreat atmosphere, a prayerful atmosphere. So the bishops come together. We uh, bring in a spiritual director. We call him the spiritual director for the week. And typically, we get a bishop uh, from another country. Mm. Uh, you know, one of, not one of our own, but we invite a bishop, a brother bishop from some other country, to come in and present to us uh, uh, our conferences during during the assembly. And so what the bishops do during this time um, is we we spend a lot of time in prayer together. Uh, There are wonderful opportunities for for prayer in in communion with each other. So we have Eucharistic holy hours during the week. Um, We have opportunities to pray the, the divine office together. We have opportunity to go to confession. It was beautiful every day. Uh, the opportunity was given for the bishops to go to confessions. They bring in confessors, religious order priests from from, uh, the area. They come in, and they make themselves available for for the bishops to go to confession. I happily availed myself of that opportunity at the very beginning Mm -hmm. of the week so that I was in in a right spiritual frame of mind, if you will, going into the week. We have these beautiful conferences uh, by our spiritual director, And uh, we also uh, have the opportunity for small group discussions. So based on the themes that the uh, spiritual director is presenting to us in his conferences throughout the day, we have an opportunity each day to break down into smaller groups and have some sort of table discussion around the themes uh, of the spiritual director. Our spiritual uh, director for for this June assembly in San Diego, we had it, was uh, uh, Archbishop uh, Anthony Fisher. Archbishop Fisher is the Archbishop of Sydney in Australia. He's a Dominican, uh, actually. So he was a Dominican priest, got named bishop, and now he's the Archbishop of, of Sydney, Australia. So he came in to give us our, our conferences and to speak to us. He, he was incredible. I have to say, he, he was really remarkable. Very highly uh, educated and re- well-read man, clearly, but also very relatable uh, his conferences were just really brilliant in many ways, and the theme—the theme really was uh, of the assembly and his conferences was on our communion, mm-hmm. our communio, our uh, fraternity as as bishops, our unity as bishops. Uh, so it was it was really a deep deep dive into this whole thing of communio among the bishops, this communio that we're supposed to enjoy among ourselves, this this unity. Uh, this fraternity and this this uh, cohesiveness in mission, and you know he really modeled or he used as a model of this communion uh, the apostles. So it was it was really rooted in the apostolic uh, mission and vision of the of the of the twelve uh, as 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 formed by Jesus, and so he used that that image of the apostles and the communion of the apostles as as a reflecting or as a starting point for mm-hmm. reflection, if you will, on this communion that is needed among the bishops in the church today, this unity of, of mission. Oh, and he just he drew from scripture, he drew from the church fathers, he drew from various theologians and spiritual writers throughout the, the ages. It was it was really remarkable. And then as I said, we got having listened to his conferences, then we would sit at table in smaller groups and have some discussion. And, and provide feedback uh, right. on our reflections on on you know what was coming to us in these conferences.
1: Right. And it's just as beautiful, Archbishop, as you've been talking over the last year, particularly this desire you have of our priests coming together, forming those bonds of Mm -hmm. fraternity to see that happen amongst the shepherds. Um, Maybe explain a little bit about just the spirit of the the bishops coming together. You know, I'm sure a lot of concerns on all of your shoulders, but to be together, um, to have the Holy Spirit work within the office that you've been called to serve.
2: You know, that's interesting you say that, within the office. Uh, You know, I think this is very true. There is a grace that comes with the office of bishop, and I think we forget this sometimes. I, I often, too often, we look at our shepherds, we look at our bishops as as administrators, and and, and that that's a role uh, that that I just I, I just detest, quite honestly, being being viewed as simply an administrator. Um, and I know, quite honestly, some people do view, view the bishop of that some people view me as being administrative, as being sort of like a CEO. And I'll confess that I think, um, at times in my in my years as a bishop, I haven't always done the best job in staying true. To the charism of my office, which is as a shepherd, which is as, as a pastor, which is a spiritual father, uh, to my people and to my priests, and and you know I haven't always done the greatest job at that myself. I think it's easy, you know. This is a this is a tremendous responsibility given to a man to to be a bishop and to be a shepherd of of such a large uh, church as we are here in Western Oregon, and it's very easy to get swallowed up in the administrative details. Believe me, mm-hmm. I, I I've joked about this. I said, you know. You could give me a month with no appointments and no meetings and just to, just to work at the stuff that's in front of me already, and I still wouldn't get caught mm-hmm. up. So it's very easy to get swallowed up in the administrative work. But there's, there's a, the bishop is, is not an administrator. He's not a CEO. He's meant to be the successor to the apostles. He's meant to be a spiritual father, shepherd, pastor to his people and to his priests, and there's a charism, there's a gift, there's a there's a grace that comes with this office, that 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 enables a gift of the Holy Spirit that enables a man to fulfill this responsibility by the grace of God. I remember when I was first named bishop uh, over 16 years ago now. I remember going into my predecessor because I was named bishop of my own diocese back in Michigan, and I had worked for my predecessor in, in his office for nine and a half years, and when I was appointed his successor and to be the next bishop there i went into his office and i was just stunned and uh, having gotten off the phone and i i with the nuncio and i and i said to him I, i just said i think i'm just too young too inexperienced i'd only been a priest for 15 and a half years and i remember him saying to me there is a grace that comes with the office trust it and you will feel it you will experience it and I thought, well, okay, yeah, you know, it's just sort of pious talk, <laughs> but it's true. I felt, I felt a grace that came with the ordination. In fact, I, I really, and this may sound strange, I went into the ordination ceremony uh, somewhat with some trepidation and, and some anxiety and, and some fear about what the future holds uh, but I remember uh, during the, uh, the part of the ceremony when I was led to the—after I was ordained, I was led to the cathedral to the bishop's chair, and was seated on the bishop's chair. That's sort of when you become the bishop of this local church. It's symbolic of taking possession of, of the church there. Uh, there There's something happened in me, and I felt it when I sat there on, on the catheter, and the people were uh, uh, applauding and giving their approval, and then processing out at the end of the Mass. I remember just feeling this— Kind of a, a newfound confidence, or, or something, happened, and and so there's a grace that comes with the office, and I think that uh, that grace uh, needs in, in the bishops to be fostered, and we we foster that by coming together. I think, uh, and listen, there are there are big differences among us as bishops, and I don't think I'm sorry. I wish I could say. We were all one big happy family, and we're all exactly on the same page, and think the same way, and have the same vision. That that's just not true. We're human beings, we're in some ways all over the all over the board on on certain things. You know, hopefully we maintain that unity of faith and morals, and 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 that uh, and practice of the church, but within that, there's a lot of divergence of opinion and different pastoral approaches we see that played out in the media all the time quite honestly one bishop does this and another bishop criticizes that or another bishop says no i would never do it that way i would do it this way so there can be that that division even among us as bishops so it's important that we come together and it's important that we come together with the grace of our office and to pray together and to be together and it's amazing what god can do in that environment because even though yes i'm looking at brother bishops around me that i've had some pretty serious disagreements with and yet we can we can be brothers in christ we can pray together we can worship at the same altar of sacrifice in the holy mass Mm -hmm. we can receive the the eucharistic elements of the body and blood of our lord we can pray together we can discuss things together Without seeing each other as enemies, mm-hmm. even when we disagree with each other, and this is something I think the culture that we're living in now makes very difficult. It seems to me in the culture today, you know, it used to be a time where you could disagree with somebody, um, and maybe vehemently disagree with them on a certain point or or, or, or idea. Uh, but but you could remain friends. You know, we used to joke about that. You know, you could have a knock down, drag out argument with somebody, uh, and then you know, after it's all over, you can go and have a beer together. Mm-hmm. You know, and be friends. We've lost that mm-hmm. in the culture today. Everybody's demonized. Everybody, you know, if if somebody disagrees with you, or if they're on the quote unquote other side, they are your enemy and they are evil. Gosh, we got to get past this. And so the bishops, I think, can model this uh, when we come together. Uh, even with our differences and disagreements, we can still be brothers in Christ. We can still love each other, and respect each other, and and pray together. And there's there's just something that happens in that environment that is is palpable. You can feel it. Mm-hmm. I I, I, I can say you can you can you can feel the presence of the Spirit in the room.
1: Right. And when you mention Archbishop Grace, we want that to be nurtured. Of course, the sacraments are the number one way we have that nurturing of that grace. Grace builds upon grace Mm -hmm. and so as you come together as a body of christ doesn't that continue to to foster that grace so that you can do what you're called to do same in the married life same in with our priests i think as Mm -hmm. they come together in their fellowship that builds the grace for them to serve as a pastor of their local parish and you as our shepherd within the local church
2: every every you know we know that by by our uh, our catechism that every sacrament brings a grace with it. And the graces of the vocations, if you will, the, right. the sacraments that are vocational sacraments, marriage, uh, holy orders, they come with a grace. And the grace that comes with those sacraments is precisely the grace to be able to live out that vocation and to grow in holiness in that vocation. So in, in marriage, when a, when a man and a woman come together in the sacrament of marriage, a grace is given to them in the in the creation of that union that covenant between man and woman in marriage there is a grace that comes and it's a grace that doesn't come just at the moment of the exchange of the promises the vows of marriage it's a grace that is there present in that marriage every day and what is the grace it's the grace to be faithful to that to be able to live that out listen i don't have to tell you you know uh, marriage is not easy mm-hmm. It can be very challenging at times. It can be a real struggle at times. And so where where does a, a married couple get the help that they need? They get this grace from the sacramental bond between them. They have a bond between them that is sacramental, and there is a grace which flows from that bond, which strengthens the husband and the wife, to be able to be faithful to the commitments they made in marriage, faithful to each other, faithful to their children. Well, the same is true of these other sacraments of vocation, be it the diaconate, be it the priesthood, be it uh, the, the episcopacy, the the bishop's uh, sacrament. There's a grace that comes that enables the man to be able to live out the commitments and the responsibilities of that office that he has received, that, that graced sacrament that he has received. It's, in other words, it's, it's a grace specifically to help you be what you have <laughs> or been, or, been ordained to be. And when we come together as a body of bishops, I mean, you have to think that you know when you have uh, I don't know i don't know how many bishops were there over 200 bishops
1: mm-hmm.
2: all in prayer in contemplative yeah. quiet silent prayer before our lord solemnly exposed in the most holy sacrament of the altar the holy Eucharist all there before Jesus you have to think that Jesus is looking out mm-hmm. on the scene of his priests his bishops his successors to his apostles gathered in prayer before him seeking his guidance seeking his mercy seeking his love uh, seeking you know uh, the the real bonding that we need that's that has to please him very much and I'm sure there was grace in abundance being mm-hmm. poured out upon us as we gathered there in prayer together
1: yeah yeah I think that's so powerful and to have the opportunity to just spend some time we don't have an agenda we don't have to come to a decision we just get to be present with mm-hmm. the lord discuss some issues of faith because yeah we might disagree but to be able i think when we spend time with one another we recognize the humanity mm-hmm. of each other it breaks down the barriers of mm-hmm. you think that way and i think but well, no we're both created in the image and likeness of god and and you had a chance i think it was during that time of the holy trinity uh, that feast was around um the same time when, yeah, when you the, guys the, were the in Sunday, San Diego? Uh,
2: yeah, the Sunday uh, the Sunday before uh, the conference or the, the assembly began. The assembly began on Monday evening. The Sunday just before had been was, it was Holy the Trinity. Holy Sunday.
1: Trinity Sunday. You know, just a powerful time to remind ourselves. Well
2: the communion of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit <laughs> is of course the great the paradigm huh, mm-hmm. of, of all communion in the church. You know all communion in the church. Whether it's communion among believers, whether it's communion between a husband and a wife and their children, whether it's communion among the bishops, whether it's communion with a, a, a pastor and his flock, uh, all all communion. The church is a communion. Yeah, that's what we are essentially. We are a, we are a communio, a communion of believers in Christ, uh, bonded together in Christ, and so all communion in the church. The, the paradigm the model for all of that the, the exemplar the 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 real, the real communion the mm-hmm. real communion from which all other communion derives is the communion of the Father Son and the Holy Spirit and the most Holy Trinity right
1: Right. As you reflect on the June Assembly or this beautiful Bishop's Retreat, Archbishop, just highlight for you. I know we got a chance to watch and some of you listen to the Catholic Answers program. Hmm. You were on live with many calls from Tualatin and yes, Tigard. Tigard. I love I loved it, was, it was that. hilarious.
2: Yeah, they, uh, that all came together so quickly. Gosh, I think Chris Check from Catholic Answers reached out to me maybe on Sunday. Oh, wow. And I uh, oh, said, hey, are you coming to the June Assembly in San Diego? And I said, yes, I am. He said, well, maybe we could have you over to the studio and we could put you on the air. And it was like, oh, you know, that isn't going to happen. You know, it's Sunday. That's tomorrow, you know, that we're talking about. And it just, every, the pieces just fell into place miraculously. And, yeah, so they picked me up. They picked me up at the airport, brought me to the Catholic Answers studio, which I had never visited before. Uh, beautiful studios and a wonderful staff there, wonderful people. So I went over there. I was able to celebrate Holy Mass nice. with with the staff there at, at Catholic Answers. And then, uh, yeah, then then went on Catholic Answers Live with Cy Kellett and uh, – uh, you know, I don't think I've ever met Sai uh, face to face. I've been on with him before, but uh, yeah, and it's this new in studio mm-hmm. thing, and and uh, it's over the internet too, which I uh, right. which is new. I mean, every other time I think I've been on Catholic Answers. I don't know if I've ever been. I guess maybe the last time I was on, they were doing it already, but I was on. It was over um, Zoom or Skype mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was fun uh, uh, to be to be there. Such a great group of people.
1: Yeah, and I think just just a reminder. That that apostolate has been going. I think since about nineteen ninety six, ninety seven, when Jerry Escher began that coming out of he came out of KBVM, mm-hmm. Oregon Catholic Radio, to f- start Catholic Answers Live. People have questions. They still are wondering if we worship Mary. But you know all of the different questions. But there the should questions be a, a... have
2: changed.
1: Yeah, you know, we are and, and this is this intense. is this
2: is something that I've noticed over time. You know, uh, Carl Keating. Mm-hmm. is the founder of Catholic answers the the, the the apostolate if you remember oh gosh way back when you know it was this rock magazine you right. know, it was all written it was it was the magazine this rock and Carl Keating was really responding to the Protestant uh, objections really to the mm-hmm. to the Catholic faith all you know the things we typically hear objections to Mary objections to confession about priesthood about calling priests father about the Eucharist about Purgatory, about the saints, about you, you name it, you know. Uh, so it was a Catholic response to those objections on the part of our Protestant brothers and sisters. That's how this all started. But now, I've watched over time where now the, the defense of the faith is is not so much in, in the face of, of Protestant objections in, uh, to our faith, but it's in the face of a, a, an atheistic, secular culture mm-hmm. where just any belief— any faith, any religion that has teaching, that has dogma, uh, is is suspect. And uh, yeah, so a lot of the—if you listen to Catholic Answers Live a lot now, a lot of it isn't—we're isn't, not talking about so much as we used to about Mary or about the saints, about intercession or the Mass or the Eucharist or confession. It's about believing in God. Mm-hmm. It's about uh, some of the moral issues of the day. It's about— uh, the LGBTQ issues. It's about now transgenderism. It's about basic belief: is is there a God, and if if there, does this God care? You know, issues of life. Uh, the abortion issue comes up often uh, in in discussions that I hear on on Catholic Answers. So there's been this shift where, in the past, it was it was mostly believers. Mm-hmm. sort of uh going back and forth with each other a little bit you know raising objections answering objections etc to now engaging a world that is 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 no longer churched uh, you know right. people again who say i'm more spiritual but but not religious but even even people are now even they're not even saying we're spiritual so yeah the work of of, of this apostle it has changed quite a bit and and yeah it was fun watching uh, Cy Kellett, you know, because like, I could see the questions coming up on the screen, who, were, where people were calling from, and I thought, "Oh, I want to see him learn how to pronounce Tualatin. <laughs>
1: right. Or he
2: didn't. He didn't. He wasn't
1: even going to try. No, he wasn't even
2: going to try Tualatin. <laughs> but uh, uh, he even struggled with Tiger a, a, a little bit there. But actually, while I was on the air, we got quite a few callers yeah. from uh, from local. It was great.
1: It was very. In fact, great. I got a,
2: I got a letter in the mail from one of the uh, the callers that was on the show. Wonderful. But yeah, it was wonderful.
1: Well, being at that assembly and then coming back home and just all the other things that the bishop has to do how did it help refresh you just kind of get you set for the next you know for me for me
2: a large part of it is is really to be with my brother bishops
1: Mm -hmm.
2: because we all share a common burden you know nobody understands the struggles that a married couple goes through than another married couple Mm -hmm. a mentor couple sometimes uh, nobody understands you know, the struggles that a priest goes through like a brother priest. Well, nobody understands the struggles a bishop goes through like another bishop who experiences the same life as you do, the same struggles you do, the same problems that you do. So to be able to be with your brother bishops, to be able to, to share that time in prayer with them. But also, you know, we, we have friends. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have friends among the bishops, Yes, I, I, I know most of them, although more and more you know, new bishops coming on board yeah. that I don't know. But you know, I, I know a lot of the bishops. But among those that I just know, there are some actually very close friends that I have among the bishops. And so for us to be able to be together and to renew our friendships, I found very spiritually reassuring for me, uh, reaffirming and, and strengthening for me as I, as I come back now and, and have to uh, you know, put my feet back on the ground and, and get my hands dirty again and, yeah. and, and, and go at it again.
1: Well, it just reminds me uh, to remind our listeners, as we pray for you, our bishop, our shepherd, to pray for all of our shepherds, to really keep all of our shepherds in prayer as you all go out there and continue to spread the good news. And with that, would you please help us uh, close with your blessing?
2: Yes. The Lord be with you. And
1: with your spirit. And may
2: the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit come down upon all of you good people, your families and loved ones, and be with you this day and forever. Amen.
1: Amen. And thank you for joining us on The Voice of the Shepherd. We look forward to sharing with you again soon. For Archbishop Alexander Sample, I'm Dina Marie Hale. And until our next encounter, may God bless you.
0: You've been listening to The Voice of the Shepherd with Archbishop Alexander Sample, a production of the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon. To subscribe to this podcast and access to all of our past shows, visit MaterDayRadio.com. Please email your comments and questions for the show to info at archdpdx.org. Learn more about the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon online at archdpdx.org. Peace be with you. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend.